Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's being celebrated. It's being met with joy. It's being met with, I'm sure, levels of relief, right, as well. Um, and there's also this angle that within this settlement, um, there is hope, right? There is hope for uh, the next generation of players who will sort of be coming in and reaping, uh, you know, the benefits uh, of this for what will hopefully be generations to come. Welcome to WBBM In-Depth. My name is Jill DeGroot. A six-year fight over equal pay has ended with a settlement between the U.S. Soccer Federation and the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team. The settlement included a multi-million dollar payment to the players and a promise from the Federation to equalize pay between the men and women national teams. Today, we're talking to Sandra Herrera, writer for CBS Sports, about what this historic moment means for women in sports going forward. Thanks for being here, Sandra. To start, could you tell me how this fight for equal pay between the U.S. Soccer Federation and the U.S. Women's Soccer National Team began? Oh, gosh, the timeline question, right? That's always the fun one when it comes to, I think, this this ongoing, you know, sort of back and forth, really, between the United States Women's uh, Players Association and, uh, you know, U.S. soccer as a whole. This has actually been ongoing for well, six years now, really. I think that you could go back as you could probably go back farther than that in, in that these are players who are not unfamiliar with um, trying to, you know, fight for what's right in terms of their professions right ahead of the 2015 World Cup, there was, you know, a group of players um, who were speaking out against playing on on turf, you know, versus grass for the 2015 FIFA Women's World Cup. Right. So there was all of that uh, before the lawsuit came into play. And then in 2016, uh, U.S. uh, soccer and the United States Women's National Team also kind of came to a head when there was a specific leadership group from the players who filed an equal employment opportunity commission complaint against uh, their employer in us soccer for you know for regards to, to pay and treatment and then obviously the probably the biggest course of action was in 2019 when members of the women's national team filed a gender discrimination lawsuit against uh, us soccer uh, their employer so it was a a very, very big deal, uh, to say the least, I think, in terms of the timeline of things, because you're talking about a year uh, that also was the same year of the FIFA Women's 
World Cup in 2019. So you're talking about a team, a group of players, a group of athletes who decided to engage in an open discrimination lawsuit against their employer while, uh, you know, beginning to compete and prepare for uh, for the World Cup. Do you have a sense of or do we know uh, how big of a disparity there was between pay for the women's and men's teams? You know, in the initial uh, agreements, they were going back and forth in terms of trying to come to terms on a on a number within the opening stages of the of the lawsuit. There was a, a big, 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 much bigger number than what was reported out there for the settlement, talking around the sixty six million dollar area, uh, I, I believe. And there were issues of kind of stemming from this concept of of equal pay and sort of in regards to the collective bargaining agreement in the future for this uh, national team uh, that the bargaining agreement in place uh, was put in place to sort of ensure that there was specific, uh, you know, tiers that were met the specific pace for, for wins or, or, uh, losses or draws when it comes to uh, matches that this national team faces. There was a, at one point uh, along the lines uh, drawn up about the fact that uh, there were only um, issues of uh, there were issues of pay for only only wins versus you know for their male counterparts right only uh, being able to have uh, different tiers met that weren't met on the other side of for for the women's team. So there were a number of issues. From uh, basic things like uh, minimum standards, uh, you know, stipends, uh, travel, things like that, that the team was fighting for that on the cusp of this bigger momentous occasion, this this World Cup, trying to draw the parallels right between their successes on the on the pitch, their ability to draw the fans that they were drawing, their ability to draw the num- pull the numbers that they were pulling in. Uh, in terms of, uh, you know, fan engagement, right, for this sport, for these particular uh, events. So to sort of see the settlement kind of come out now uh, to where there's an agreement in two parts, where there is a 24 million in total, but 22 million is essentially uh, covering what I believe Alex Morgan referred to it as his bonuses, right? A back pay of bonuses that they feel that they were entitled to uh, based off of prior performances. Um, and then sort of moving forward to the future in terms of having what they consider uh, equal pay for both uh, the men's national team and uh, the women's national team, that they will be on par and on level with that. So all of these the numbers that are coming out now and the conditions that are coming out now are contingent on whether, uh, you know, the next CBA that comes out gets, you know, finalized. And when this got all agreed to, it kind of came out as a, you know, a joint statement between all parties here, right? Obviously from a statement from uh, U.S. Soccer Federation uh, President Cindy Parlo-Cohn alongside the, you know, the Players Union as well. So I think the there's enough there to know that if this settlement has been reached, there's likely the next step is going to be the uh, finalization of a CBA, which uh, players have sort of been working on adjacent to this lawsuit as well. Do you feel like this is huge? Is this a step in the right direction? Are we are we waiting for more information? Uh, what's your take as of now? You know, waking up to <laughs> waking up to like the headlines, right? Sort of seeing it all uh, come into 
to pass, it just it's it's historic, right? I think for if we're just looking for one word to kind of define uh, this moment, I mean, this month alone, right? We're looking at February twenty of twenty twenty two, and uh, this month really got kicked off, you know, with things on the domestic level with the, the National Women's Soccer League also making a little bit of history for themselves in, uh, you know, going ahead and confirming or ratifying the very first of its kind uh, ever uh, collective bargaining agreement in place for the National Women's Players Association there. So you've got sort of two different, right, um, labor unions, right, sort of kind of um, going in and negotiating in two different types of, of areas. So to sort of have this month kind of kick off with that uh, for, uh, you know, a, a women's American domestic soccer league to finally have a collective bargaining agreement in place ahead of what is going to be their 10th year of existence uh, was already sort of a big kind of a threshold to, to cross to sort of now towards the end of this month, have the, the news that this ongoing back and forth between the United States women's national team and U.S. soccer is also kind of finally reaching a conclusion. It's almost like this, um, it's just kind of this uh, joyful story arc, right? To sort of kind of have this, this ending. There were a lot of times throughout the duration of this process where there was a lot of uh, not so great feelings around this sort of larger scale lawsuit from the United States women's national team uh, to, to U.S. soccer. A lot of different back and forces. At one point, you know, we saw the resignation of a former uh, U.S. soccer president due to just sort of the uh, very poor handling of the initial uh, phase of negotiating in, in, in sort of uh, the, the lawsuit in, in those earlier stages of 2019. Um despite the findings that they made, right, despite the the way they chose to fight this lawsuit, uh, you know, on the legal side of things, uh, kind of uh, naming some some very rough things and, and very much playing the gender card right within a lot of these uh, arguments. And then it just sort of reaching uh, kind of these very, very high tense moments. Right. So at one point, almost like a standstill, not having either side of these, uh, not having anyone on either side of the table kind of come to a head and be able to continue through these mediations. It was a tense, tense moment. And I think it's very telling that, uh, you know, it took a former United States women's national team player to sort of come in and sort of become right, you know, take over as sort of interim, uh, you know, president, and then finally be elected as U.S. soccer president uh, to sort of be the the main face of ensuring that something like this gets taken care of, that that eventually crosses the line after uh, you know just previous attempts just really falling uh, at a standstill at uh, at some point. I, I do see and do feel personally. Um, that this is being that this is something that's being celebrated, you know, it's being celebrated, it's being met with joy, it's being met with, I'm sure, levels of relief, right, as well. Um, and there's also this angle that within this settlement, 
um, there is hope, right? There is hope for uh, the next generation of players who will sort of be coming in and reaping, uh, you know, the benefits uh, of this for what will hopefully be generations to come. What does this mean for the future of not just women in sports, but in sports in general and in soccer Mm -hmm. in general? Um, You kind of spoke to that, but I wonder if you have any other thoughts. Yeah, you know, there's always for for listeners who maybe aren't aware, who just are more, um, you know, kind of the casual fan or sort of new or in and out of of women's uh, of women's mainstream soccer. You know, there's often this sort of mantra that is echoed right throughout American women's soccer that uh, you always want to try to leave the sport or the game in a better. Uh, place in which you found it. And that's something that has always sort of um, echoed throughout any uh, generation of, of national team from, you know, the, it's early inception. So, you know, 30 years ago to, to now in 2022. And um, we've been hearing a lot about that, you know, as we're seeing certain players kind of doing, you know, the, the, the media availabilities and, and press conferences and media circuits, whether it's an Alex Morgan or a Becky Sarbrun or uh, a Megan Rapino alluding to that, you know, saying that this, the, one of the biggest wins for them within this is that it ensures that the future generations to come do not have to have this, these types of scenarios in which they find themselves needing to make an argument for, you know, equal or equitable pay for what is essentially equal and equitable work. Right. So I think that is probably, you know, maybe more so than, than people look at the dollar signs, right. The the big number, there's going to be people who argue from, you know, who maybe make the, you know, light of the fact that it, it went from a, a number like 66 million to to 20 something million right um but i think the concept of still having a place <laughs> having a moment having uh, a culture in place for future generations to continue to succeed and thrive at the highest level i think is always sort of uh, you know, been a greater component to this lawsuit for so many of these players who signed themselves up to be part of this very, very long fight. Yes, it was about trying to ensure that they did reach a certain number, right, with their employers. But for so many of them, for so many of them, it really was about ensuring that they had something in place uh, for future generations. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for your thoughts and your time. I I really appreciate it. Oh, no. Thank you for having me. That was Sandra Herrera, writer for CBS Sports. If you'd like more sports analysis from Sandra, go ahead and give her a follow over on Twitter. Her handle is at S-A-N-D-H-E-R-R-E-R-A underscore. Thanks for listening to WBBM In-Depth. And don't forget to subscribe on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us now on Instagram and Twitter. Our handle is at WBBM Podcasts, and you'll want to head over there and subscribe to find out all about some new and exciting original podcast series that we'll be unveiling this year. A News Radio WBBM Podcast, powered by Odyssey. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, 
shades and shutters. We even have options for your patio too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.